Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. This week on the show, New York Times reporter Katie Rogers and from NPR Music and Pop Culture Happy Hour, Stephen Thompson. All right, let's start the show. Amazing. Oh, yeah. What an honor. So can I tell a Sam story really quick? He, I was with him when he was texting Aunt Betty directions one night. How to pronounce? He was stage directing Aunt Betty. She, is, so. she takes it so seriously. It's I bet. <laughs> anyway, hey, y'all, this is NPR. Sam Sanders here. It's been a minute. Each week we start with a different song. I'll explain this song in a second. But first, as the lovely Aunt Betty said, we have two great guests here with me at NPR headquarters in D.C. Two all-stars. Katie, oh. Stephen, thank you guys. You're too kind. Thank I've you so much. I've dragged you both here a few times. Stephen Thompson, you know from NPR Music and the amazing Pop Culture Happy Hour oh, podcast. Katie Rogers, you know from the New York Times. She's written some really interesting stories on life in Trump's Washington. Yeah, have just been phenomenal, and we're glad you're here. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this song we're hearing is by Jamie XX, who was part of the XX. It's oh, called yeah. Oh My Gosh. I picked it because I like to run to it. Also, Oh My Gosh are words I say about the news every day, mm-hmm. every five yes. minutes. Yeah. But in spite of the Oh My Goshness. You can still move to this song. You can. Yeah. As we must through life. We're soaring above <laughs> the news right now. That's right. We're soaring above floating. the news. Yeah. And the video is really cool for this song, too. I've not seen it. You should see it. I haven't seen a video since 1993. Well, there's this. There's a website uh, where you can watch videos. It's called YouTube, right? Yeah. Oh also, TRL is back. And TRL oh, yeah. is back. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you talked about I'm like your, I'm like your TRL co- Yet another remake. Have you watched it yet? I have not. Who's hosting right. it? Do we know any of the people hosting it? It's a young kids. It's a cast yes. of, uh, of, uh, of young people. No. I watched some of it online the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm old. What oh, is yeah. Carson Daly doing now? Is he playing, like, poker late at night? <laughs> <laughs> he has a late night show yeah. himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's the song. Music. It's great. Thank you, Jamie XX. Okay. Lovely. Okay, we're here to discuss what happened this week, the Las Vegas shooting, recovery in Puerto Rico, and also what's going on in Spain. There's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. First, I want each of us to describe how this week felt, but here's the challenge. you got to do it in three words. Steven, you're first. You know, I usually like to think of myself as NPR's joy correspondent, that I'm, <laughs> that I'm somebody you bring on your show, you've had all this grim news, and then you bring me on to talk about the monkeys or AHA mm-hmm. or, you know, some, or the VMAs or mm-hmm. some, some silly thing. Like every segment I've ever been on on the radio has started with the words, and finally. Oh, no. Huh. But now this I'm here to discuss incredibly sad and crushing and deflating news. And, yeah. and that's unfortunately the task this week because it's yeah. just been a, a barrage of just very sad news. And, totally. and the, the, if I'm going to sum it up in three words, politics before empathy. Oh. Mm. I, when the news of the Las Vegas shooting came out... Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's such it's so embarrassing to say that my first thought before grief and before sadness and even before frustration mm. was just like maybe I've been living in Washington too long, but but mm. it was to perform this kind of 
political calculus of like, who is the shooter? What were the shooter's motives? If the shooter's motives were A, then this party yeah. benefits. Yeah. If the shooter's motives were B, then this party benefits. You know, if it's this person, then nothing will happen. If, if it's, it's this person, person then, then this is going to yeah. happen and then these people will be affected. It's either good for us or good for them, kind of. Yeah. And, and we and, immediately go there, Yeah, which and, is and, tragic. And part of what we immediately go to, whatever camp you're in, is us. Yeah. Is it good? You said it, Katie. Is it good for us? Is it good for them? Instead of, I think national tragedies should not be a Rorschach test. Mm. And I think we we have gotten to the point where politics now has not only sort of trumped our value system and and trumped our religion and trumped the unintended. I don't know. Well, Uh. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. You can ascribe all sorts of motives to how we've gotten this way. Although we've been doing this script. Of mass shooting response, right? For years well, that's now. because there's no there's no productive answer. I mean, there's nothing. It's like a hopelessness that comes, so it's it's yeah. easy to point and point I, the fingers yeah. right away. There's no productive conversation that comes out of these killings. And so we'll talk more about Vegas in depth at a later point in the show. But everything you're saying feels right, Stephen. It just feels like spot on. Well, and and when you said, Katie, when you said there's no productive conversation, I feel like the fact that people think there's no productive conversation is now a subject of conversation. Mm -hmm. It's become sort of meta. Yes. The way we're talking about this stuff where like. Is it okay to just be discouraged and accept that nothing's going to happen? And then we accept that, and it's very Groundhog Day-ish. Right. It's like we live the same days in the same script over and over and over again. just feels all too familiar every time. So, Stephen, there was one more thing that you were focused on this week. Tom Petty. Yeah, Tom Petty died on Monday. Uh, Great kind of era-spanning rock singer. This is just one of those sad pop culture deaths where everyone has to to gather together and, and take stock. And he also wasn't political. He, Not I mean, terribly. he was beloved, it seemed, by everyone, regardless of your political persuasion. Yeah, other than asking people not to play his songs at political rallies, he yeah. would occasionally dip a toe in, in, in those waters. But yeah, he was he was somebody that anybody could like. Anybody can find a Tom Petty boring. song But he wasn't like. boring. He was so beloved, and I, I really loved him, and I'm sad that he's gone. Yeah. Katie, you have three words. I do have three words. You're also fired. Who? Are my three words. Am I fired? Did you just yeah, fire me? Just wait. No, um, I think, uh, well, the backdrop of all of these news stories, Las Vegas, Puerto Rico, um, is this tumultuous scene at the White House and, mm-hmm. and in the Trump administration. Um, last week, Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price resigned after Politico had this like bombshell series of scoops detailing his love of taking private jets places. I think he took a trip from Washington to Philly, which is like 125 miles. So he resigned. And now this week... And, and on to the, point on, out, this is on the taxpayer's right. time. Oh, on the taxpayer. Yes. So he resigned on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this week, the new mystique is uh, surrounding Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. Or as I call him, Flex Trillerson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's all of this intrigue swirling in the air as we have all of these really consequential stories that will affect President Trump's legacy. And and it's still looking like The Apprentice. And it's like some of this drama behind the scenes, like just to underscore the Rex Tillerson story, it's crazy. There's rumors and confirmations mm-hmm. and denials of whether or not he called Trump a moron. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. this hastily scheduled press conference this week where, where he didn't basically deny. had to kiss the ring, but also didn't deny calling his boss a moron. Yeah. And 
it's kind of like this game of like what it takes to not be fired by Donald Trump. Exactly. It's a really weird song and dance. It's it's like, what does it take to stay on? Yeah. I think at the same time, I'm absolutely fascinated when I hear accounts that Donald Trump does not personally fire people, that he's very, very averse to firing people in person and often sends surrogates to do it uh, mm-hmm. rather than having mm-hmm. him do it himself. And you think like... Firing people is literally your brand. Right. It's like finding out that like Sir Mix-a-Lot actually detests full-figured women. (laughs) 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 You're fired. You're fired is his catchphrase. There are conflicting reports about that because lately I've been, from what I've been seeing is that he's berated people, he's screamed at them, he's furious. That's that's much more, those are the keywords being yeah. used now. But at the beginning of his presidency, it was that he disliked confrontation, he'd do, you know, so I don't, you know, who knows what yeah. he feels from one moment to another. And it's like, while all this palace intrigue is brewing, there's like several real crises that Trump is dealing with. Exactly. I mean, just a sidebar on uh, Puerto Rico, which is still reeling from the hurricane mm-hmm. there. As of this week, only 12.1% of the island have cell service. Um, and what's crazy is this week, FEMA has removed some of those negative stats from the FEMA website. Mm-hmm. It's really strange to me. You know, we had the scene of Trump in Puerto Rico um, trying to be consoler in chief, but being a bit awkward, throwing paper towels. Uh, but you also have the president survivors. of the United States going to this devastated part of the world and saying before anybody knows anything how many people have died how much better the situation is than the aftermath of hurricane katrina when and there also, are people yeah. suffering and yeah dying. and also saying to survivors that he was speaking with that puerto rico was hurting the budget Right. Yeah. It's just, it's strange. Anyway. I think nothing stranger than lobbing the paper towels. I don't know why that one sticks with me. I like, wish it didn't because that becomes the image that everybody thinks of, this mm-hmm. this silly game show looking image where, I mean, the actual substance is really horrible. And the thing is, all of, the, all of his response to these crises, something else will happen. Like, you think of Puerto Rico. It's not just Puerto Rico. A lot of Puerto Ricans live in Florida, right. which is always a swing state. Yeah. And from what it seems, Puerto Ricans are not pleased with Trump's response. Mm-hmm. That may affect him electorally down the road. Anyway, I have three words. I'm going to go very, very quickly. They are oye, oye, oye. <laughs> I say that because it's the happiest time of year for me. The Supreme Court is back. <laughs> I love Supreme Court season. Uh, oye, oye, oye is chanted at the beginning of the Supreme Court session and many other court sessions. It basically means hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Mm-hmm. And the case to listen for for me primarily, is this really interesting case over gerrymandering in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. Basically, gerrymandering is the practice of the party who wins the election uh, in a census year being able to draw the district lines for the whole state in a way that really, really, really benefits that winning party. This has happened throughout the country, and it has led to Republicans across the country winning state houses, uh, even if sometimes Democrats have actually more votes in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the more egregious instances of this is in Wisconsin. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. This will have a big impact. And part of why I love Supreme Court season is because unlike Congress and the White House, they get stuff done. Yeah, they <laughs> when they issue a the ruling, effects will it's be something. Felt, so, yes, I yes, mean, that's that's a huge. Yeah. All right, time for a quick break. When we come back, long distance and some more news of the week. 
we'd like to thank our sponsor who brings you this message, Discover Card, who alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. Discover believes that there are some things that you just need to know. It's just another way Discover looks out for you, not just your account. And best of all, social security alerts are free for Discover Card members. All you have to do is sign up online. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. Support also comes from Lyft. Reminding listeners that they could be relaxing in a Lyft ride right now, with their eyes closed, listening to Beethoven or whale sounds, or a babbling brook, or something else relaxing. Lyft provides rides as relaxing as the buttery smooth voice of a public radio announcer, because riding is just a more relaxing way to drive. Lyft. It matters how you get there. Download and ride today. We're back. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, the show where we catch up on the week that was. I'm Sam Sanders here with Katie Rogers of The New York Times and Stephen Thompson of NPR Music. Question to the two of you. What's a song that makes you think of a high school dance? Oh, I already answered this yesterday on Twitter. Really? Yeah. What is it? Uh, The Yin Yang Twins Get Low. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It was always to the window. Yeah. (laughs) So. Steven? <laughs> well, I'm so much older. Uh, the first song that jumped into my head was Angel Eyes by the Jeff Healy Band, Ooh, which was this, this, <laughs> this, 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 uh, this uh, kind of moist ballad of the 1980s. And it was the it was the like the official song of some high school dance I was in, except on the cover of the program, they spelled it Angel Eyes. <laughs> so the Amazing. band, so the band made a point of singing "Angle Eyes" I when, love it. when it came out. Mine would good. be uh, "Juveniles Back That Thing Up." Ooh, <laughs> Your songs yes. are so much more fun than we mine. We had that too. That's, Fun's a word for it. <laughs> that's a close. That's a close second. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, now it's time for a segment that we call "Long Distance." It's where we call a listener somewhere in the world and talk to them about the news where they live. Today on the line, we have an American who listens to the show, but she lives in Barcelona, Spain. Mabel Gonzalez, are you there, Mabel? Hi, Sam. Hey there, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? You're on the phone with my friends, Katie and Steven. Hi. Hello. They're great. So you're in Barcelona, which is in Spain, but also the capital of Catalonia. Before we get to that, what do you do there? What do I do here? I teach English, mostly online. And then I see some private students in the evenings. Cool, cool. You know, you reached out to us this week because you're kind of an outsider with this really inside view of a story that has consumed all of Spain, but not been talked about too much here. That story is a story of Catalonia. This is a somewhat autonomous region of Spain, which is in a crisis right now because they, well, some people there are trying to break away from Spain. Uh, There was a vote last week on whether to separate Catalan leaders say that 90% of the ballots cast were for independence, and they say that gives them a mandate to break away. But turnout was, what, like under 50%, so it's unclear Mm -hmm. how the entire region feels. Anyway, there was violence post-vote. Spanish government cracked down severely. Lots of really crazy imagery, hundreds of injuries. What is it like there right now? Well, um... The day after the referendum, things were definitely tense. And then on Tuesday, there was uh, a strike region-wide, and all businesses were closed. Like, you couldn't go anywhere. McDonald's was closed. And everyone just, like, took to the streets for rallies and demonstrations. Um, so things are pretty crazy. Things are calm now, but people are getting a little bit nervous about um, Monday. The president's supposed to make 
a declaration. I think that he's going to declare independence. This is a president. Yeah, president of of Catalonia, yeah. And so he's going to make a declaration of independence, but Spain has already indicated that they're not going to take that seriously, right? Right. So, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. People are talking about now and getting a little nervous about what might happen if, if he does that. Yeah. People in Catalonia, they seem to have felt separate from Spain for a long time. There's a long history that I won't try to unpack right now, but yeah. they have their own language. They have their own culture. They mm-hmm. teach their children in their own language. Um, and the Spanish have kind of allowed them to live semi-autonomously for some time now. What are the arguments to leave and the arguments to stay from what you're hearing? The arguments to leave from what the people I've talked to, there's like the economic reasons, which really you could argue either way for, but they say that they pay a lot of taxes and that like most of their taxes get, they don't see like much of a return on those taxes. It goes to maybe poor regions of mm. the, of the country. And then a lot of people just say it's just like a, like a feeling they can't identify with, with being Spanish and being part of Spain. They just don't feel like it's really? their country or ever was. Yeah. Huh. And you actually have a roommate uh, who might be feeling some of that himself. (laughs) I think he's next to you right now. I do. What's his name? Yeah, he's he's here. Armand. Armand, you there? Hi. Hey, Armand. How are you? Uh, Good, good. I'm good. Thank you for your time today. You are yourself Catalan. Yes, yes. I am from Catalonia. Do you favor staying with Spain or separating? Me, my favor to stay in Catalonia, to have uh, an independent uh, state. Okay. Catalonia. Why? Yeah, it's difficult to say. Actually, I'm not um, like I'm not the the most pro independence you could uh, you could find in here, because um, time ago I could have accepted uh, staying in Spain in different conditions as we are right now probably. Also, but uh, right now I I would say I'm independentist uh, because of many reasons, as Mabel told you before. We understand we are paying taxes that go to the rest of Spain. And we wanted a different system like the Basque country has uh, to administrate our own money. But it's also also something about the feeling. The feeling. Because uh, we have this different language and different culture. And some of us think that we belong more to Catalonia than to Spain. Did the Spanish crack down on the vote this past weekend? Did that change the way you feel or make you feel more strongly one way or the other? Yeah. Why? After what happened the 1st of October and the next days, and this, what I understand as uh, police repression, uh, it's difficult for me to um, to think I can uh, still be part of Spain because the, the government is uh, the one that ordered this. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is that the government is completely against and cannot understand the, the way we are feeling at all. Yeah. Hey, Armand, how old are you? I am 32. Is the is this sort of a generational thing too? Is it more young people wanting to to be independent, or is it is it everyone? Maybe maybe for what you can see in the rallies, uh, in the images, there there is a long uh, a lot of uh, young people, but there's people from all ages who is in favor of it. Yeah. and and this is maybe also the the reason why why it has been really not violent because uh, we we gotcha. are all generations in in the streets. All right. Hey, well, it was a pleasure to meet you and talk with you. Thank you uh, for your perspective. I'm going to have you put your roommate back on the line and hope you have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mabel. Hello again. Last question. What are you going to do for fun this weekend? Um, Armand and I and our other roommate, we're actually heading up 
to this place called The Bunkers tonight. Okay. Which is like the opposite of what it sounds. It's like actually, <laughs> I'm glad. Um, yeah. Viewpoint huh. on like a big hill, and you have 360 views of Barcelona, and people oh, wow. like bring beers up there and just like hang out at night, and oh, like awesome. with these fantastic views of everything. So we're going to check that out. Have fun. Have, have fun. fun. Yeah, have a great time. Hey, well, thank you so much for Thanks. this. Have a great weekend. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. All right. Bye. 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 What I find really interesting and what we don't know yet is how this possible split affects the entirety of Europe and right. Western mm-hmm. Europe. Like the EU just lost the UK. Right. Um, would Catalonia separately be a part of the EU or not? Would this affect Spain's membership? There's a lot of other things besides just Spain and Catalonia going on. Yeah. And, and there's, no, there's no knowledge of what's on the other side. And there's just like the imagery of a country like Spain that I think most of us Westerners and Americans see as a very Western democracy mm-hmm. sending federal troops in to break up a vote. Yeah, it just feels like so much of the world is is a little bit destabilized and, yeah. and, and, and any sort of splintering beyond that, however however necessary it might be, however it might turn out, it, it still sort of feels like, wow, the world feels really unstable right now. Totally. Yeah. Listeners, we want to hear from you for this segment. If you want us to give you a call and talk about anything, anything going on where you live, drop us a note. Tell me what's going on. SamSanders at NPR.org. Okay, now it's time to talk about our main story of the week, which sadly has to be the shooting in Las Vegas. As of Friday, 59 people are dead, including the shooter. This happened at an outdoor country music concert on the Las Vegas Strip last Sunday night. And as you said earlier, Stephen, we have fallen into this post-mass shooting theater, it seems. Um, But there are some developments that at least seem a bit different. Um, This week, the NRA has come out and said that they might possibly support a little bit of regulation on bump stocks. Bump stocks are these devices that basically turn semi-automatics into fully automatic weapons. They let you shoot more and faster. Um, This was a big development, but when you peel back the layers, the statement was not that emphatic about really wanting something to be done about bump stocks. Yeah, I think that we've gotten into a situation where any movement feels like you're stepping onto a slippery slope. And, and this so, is with so many issues. With so many issues. And guns are are absolutely like this too where if you if you the feeling is that if you regulate a specific kind of weapon that is a that is a step on the path to regulating mm-hmm. all sorts of weaponry and it is really really hard to get to a solution and when you look at the public polling, you know, there on these individual issues, there's often strong, not consensus, but approaching consensus. No, there is consensus. I mean, there's a lot of data from Pew. A recent Pew report found that large majorities of Americans, they do favor gun control. They favor background checks for private gun sales. That's 84% approval for that measure. Uh, 89% of those polled by Pew favor banning gun purchases for the mentally ill. 83% favor banning guns for people on the no-fly list. Um, And then you match that up with the actual numbers and figures of who owns guns here in America. Just 3% of American adults own half the guns Mm. in the entire country. Three out of four Americans don't own any guns. This is from a study from Harvard and Northeastern universities. So there's this really weird conundrum where a lot of people have a consensus on certain things, 
but a smaller subset will be directly affected more by it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you throw on top of that the NRA, which uh, can spark fear in any senator or congressperson across the country by just threatening to run ads against them. Well, and I think this actually goes back to something you mentioned earlier about gerrymandering. If every congressional seat is safe, then the only way to lose your seat is to alienate your base. Your base. Mm-hmm. And so it pushes people in both parties, presumably, to further and further and further extremes. And you get to a point where, regardless of what the national public opinion is, if you alienate the NRA you uh, and you're a Republican, you are opening yourself up to attack from the right. We're already and at that point. We are already at that We're... point. But we can move. We can keep moving yeah. further and further and further in that direction. I mean, and I, I don't know if this is helpful. It's probably not. But growing up in a rural area, there's this mindset of, well, I'm responsible with my 35 guns. It's not my fault. Like the further, the longer I live in this part of the country, the harder it is for me to remember that it's really ingrained into protecting your family and being responsible and, you know, teaching your kids from a really young age not to touch the guns. Like my, I don't know. I mean, there, there is a large swath of the country that really feels like Responsible gun ownership is yeah. is fine, and, you know. And yeah. most of us, whether we own guns or not, and whether we support gun control measures or not, we don't think of ourselves as madmen right. who would go shoot up a yeah. concert. Right. We, don't we don't know see, that guy, you know. Yeah, so that's not, not our problem. That's not my friends. That's yeah. not my community. You know. And on top of this, the questions we have about his motive notwithstanding, any question we have about the effect of gun regulation, we don't have clear answers for because it's very hard for the federal government to even collect data on gun deaths. I think the collection of data is forbidden. It's not not exactly forbidden, but in 96, Congress uh, passed an appropriations measure that stripped funding from the CDC to research these things. And since then, the CDC hasn't even touched it again. So there's no real federal database of gun deaths. There's a lot of stuff we just don't know. It's something. I I, I don't know where the country goes next. Um, I think that in the midst of all of these crazy news cycles, there's probably going to be another story a week or two from now that takes us all away from it. Mm -hmm. But But we'll come back eventually, unfortunately. We always do. We always do. All right. Time for one more quick break. When we come back, we'll play Who Said That, my favorite game, and we'll hear our listeners tell us the best things that happened to them all week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from NBC, featuring the premiere of Megyn Kelly Today, a new morning show offering exclusive interviews, stories to inspire you, and the day's top news along with thought-provoking conversation. If you're in the New York area and want to attend a live show, visit today.com slash mktodayaudience. Megyn Kelly Today, weekdays at 9 a.m. on NBC. This is Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We have long-form interviews for all your pop culture needs. Music? Try our Springsteen interview. Television? The creators of HBO's The Deuce. Books? John le Carré talking about his years as a spy. You can find Fresh Air on the NPR One app and wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, and it's time for my favorite game. Who said that? Who said that? Yes, Miss Candy. Yep, yep. I want to eat at her restaurant, Old Lady Gang. 
Wait, Atlanta. she has a restaurant yeah. called Old Lady <laughs> yeah. Gang. <laughs> Old yes. Lady Gang. Did, did you not watch the last season? No. I it did was not. all about Todd building this restaurant that continued Todd's to no not count husband, open. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Todd's no count husband, right? Todd's no count. And Candy's Candy mama cannot com- stand. Yeah. Tom. So Candy kept coming to the restaurant, like, you know, what's going on with the restaurant? And Todd would be like, I don't know. And it's, it's like his project. So, yeah. We should make Candy's it. Candy's mama knows what she's talking about. She does. And she, she does. gets in it. She sure does. She gets into the she thick sure of it. She sure does. I love it. Can you I know just that listen to you guys her. talk about this? <laughs> so, all I want. All right. Um, this game is so simple, it hurts. I share a quote from the week. You have to guess who said that. We'll do three or four. We'll just do three today. And as you all know, the winner gets absolutely nothing. Oh, I want it so bad. <laughs> I do too, and I always win this. <laughs> uh, so also, this game is more about the what than the who. I care more about you IDing the story it comes from than the person who said it. Okay. Well, but then I, you should change the name. I'm not changing name the name. <laughs> I'm not changing the name. Here's the first quote. Quote, we're letting you connect with the world around you in a more natural way by rethinking how headphones should work. Apple? Who said that? Oh, close. Nope. Uh, beats? No, close. Keep going. Jay-Z. <laughs> no, keep going. Boise or boys, bows. Bo- no. Bo- Boise? <laughs> What's the name of that? What do you use to search stuff? Google. Yes. <laughs> So often this comes down to I, I remember that Sam? was the saddest oh, tada that I've ever worked, ever worked for. Remember Sam when I got it right because you had spelled out the do- whole name Dog, dog the, the Bounty, bounty. <laughs> and I was like Oh Dog the Bounty Hunter and yeah. you, it went yeah. burr, burr, as if I had just achieved something at all. We support you both no matter what. Anyway, you said Google. Katie first. got it right. So Google product manager Justin Payne said those words. This was during the launch event this week for new headphones from Google called Google Pixel Buds. And these are headphones that, if you use them correctly with the Google-built whatever, uh, it'll translate foreign languages for you. Real-time translation in 40 different languages. Like someone talks, and you'll hear the translation in your ears. That's awesome. My problem is... (laughs) (laughs) You just brushed aside. Step back from the ledge. Katie is coming in hot. I'm so tired of launch events. When you said launch events, I was like, uh, (laughs) when when Apple's like, hi, we we made your camera better. You know, I don't care. Like, I don't care about my camera. I can't afford this phone anyway. You know, I just hate these big, like, events. The new iPhone costs $1,000. I know. (laughs) Katie's over here like... There are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. (laughs) Next quote. We'll play the audio for this one. It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Oh, 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 Cam Cam Newton. Newton. (laughs) Cam Newton said that. We absolutely tied on that. That was simultaneous. You're still losing. I don't play. I'm talking to Steven. Oh, okay. (laughs) Somebody tell listeners who Cam Newton is. Uh, Quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. See, I got it in there first. Before you could say it. He was asked in a Fine. post-game press conference by a woman about routes, and he basically implied that she shouldn't know about that because she's a lady. About routes. She covers yeah. sports. She's a <laughs> professional sports. She covers sports. Also, Cam, like, come on. I, Did he dab first? He was the first he to, like, a, make dabbing a thing. I don't know if he created the he dab. Did, but he, like, but he, he, he popu- helped popularize the dab. Yeah. I, I've always liked Cam I can't Newton dab until anymore. this week. Now I, can't I don't dab like Cam anymore. anymore. I can't dab anymore. But you can't, like, physically? Because Cam Newton's oh, because of, on the oh. dab list now. Don't let Cam Newton own the dab. The dab is bigger than Cam Newton. There you go. <laughs> Sam just dabbed everybody. <laughs> now good. it's Sam Sanders' thing. It's not Cam Newton's thing anymore. Well, I mean, the dab is over, though, anyway. Yeah, well, there is that. Third quote. I just have so much respect for women who do 
any type of journalism, really, but sports journalism in particular, like the amount of crap you have mm-hmm. to withstand from the fans, oh like people God. on social media and now the players themselves. It's like yeah. these women are awesome. So, yes, that was a yeah. wretched and they're moment. Tough. Yeah. Last quote. So yeah. it's one, who uh, two to one. Two to one. <laughs> we'll, right. we'll give us each a full point. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is it for all the marbles. Well, none oh. of the marbles. There are no marbles. Is the quote long? is, don't wash too much. Who oh. said that? Don't wash too much? Don't wash too much. Follow-up quote also said by this person, I just wash my bits and rush out in the morning. Who said Justin that? Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> Although I would, like I would not doubt that. I would not doubt that. Henry Kissinger. <laughs> this is a famous fashion designer. At Paris Fashion Week this week, she was asked how she keeps her youthful glow, and she said, I basically don't shower that much. Famous fashion designer? Yeah. Oh, Rhymes with Evian Guestgood. Vivian Westwood. Yes. Oh, that's a cool thing for her to say. <laughs> okay. Well, now Katie has definitely won. I have won. So, if I could get a, If I got a point for Dog the Bounty, <laughs> yeah, she yeah. gets a point yeah. for... So, Vivian point. Westwood, who's uh, in her 70s, I believe, yeah. was asked how she keeps her youthful glow. She told reporters, I basically only shower once a week. Which is bad. Uh, you know, we need more <laughs> eccentric bad. female fashion designers, and Vivian Westwood is like you the know godmother what? But of you them know all. What? But you know what? I hate more than I love fashion. What? Body odor. Well, she's don't probably, bring it around me. She said she washes her bits. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hopefully all of them. But uh, you know what? You know. My whole body's a bit, <laughs> and I'm gonna wash it every day. I don't. I don't know her life. I'm yeah. not going to okay. judge. All right. Maybe I'm, she uses, I judge. Like, nice oils and powders yeah. like yeah. You know, old ladies do. I used up all my judging on Cam Newton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I, I think all of America did this week. <laughs> all right, Katie, you won. Here's your gift. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, Take man. it. Hold on to it. Here I, here I am left over here with, wait. <laughs> also nothing. Also nothing. <laughs> I think I'm the champion of this game. You should, you. I need a leaderboard going. I'm not going to give you a leaderboard for fitting in guess Fine. Good. I'm going <laughs> to... Well, I'm going to make one and bring it in. Okay, do that. Do that. Uh, Katie, Stephen, you guys are almost out of here. Thank God. I, I, I don't want to go. But first, a plug for Tuesday's episode. I'm talking to a journal that has a really great name, Max Reed. Oh, Max. Yeah. Formerly of Gawker, now writes for New York Mag. He is an amazing writer. I've been a fan of his for a while. But he just had a really interesting long read on Facebook. Facebook. And how maybe Facebook has gotten too big for even its own good. Mm-hmm. Um, his piece raises some really serious questions and kind of lays out where the company might go from here. This is all in advance, you know, of Facebook sitting before Congress mm-hmm. to testify about Russia's possibly using the platform for him to meddle in our election last year. I chatted with Max for a while. It he's was, so good. He's, he's really good. He's one of the best writers on yeah. internet and culture out there. And it was weird to have him lay out how how intrusive Facebook is yeah. in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check that on Tuesday. It'll be in your feeds. All right? All right. With All right. that, we're going to end the wrap as we always do. Each week I ask listeners to send us a recording of their own voices, sharing with me the best things that happened to them all week. We encourage them to brag. Let's take a listen. Hey, Sam. It's Liz O'Keefe from Glassboro, New Jersey, and today's my 50th birthday. Happy birthday. I'm surrounded by my closest friends and my amazing husband, and all these people know me so well, and they still love me, so (laughs) this is the best day of my week. That's awesome. Hey, Sam. This is Jason from Oak Park, Illinois. 
and the best thing that happened to me all week is that my wife and I got to take our six-week-old son to his first two baseball games. Start him young. The best thing that happened to me this week was that I got my first professional writing gig. Oh, wow. I took myself out to see Solange last night. Oh, nice. <laughs> my nine-month-old baby girl took her first steps. Oh. I went to my first concert, and it was amazing. After two years of being a broke grad student, I finally got my first full paycheck. I know Yay, that I know feeling. That life. <laughs> At my new job as a college marching band director. Yeah, I'll be awesome. G'day Sam, this is Amy from Sydney, Australia, and the best thing that happened to me this week was that I bought my very own Vespa. Ooh. I am 37 years old and this is my first pair of wheels Good I've ever you. had. Awesome. And I tell you, when I put on my black leather motorcycle jacket yes. and go for a ride, I've never felt cooler. Love you it. have a great Love day. It. Love it. <laughs> hey Sam, this is Allison, a public school teacher in Baltimore City, Maryland. The best part of my week was when I was picking up my class before school. I felt someone grab my waist, I looked down, and saw one of my favorite former students smiling up at me. He's in foster care, and I really advocated to keep him at our school. Now, every time he sees me, I get a big bear hug, and there's literally nothing better. Oh, I love that. Hi, Sam. This is Ben from St. Paul. I just finished the Twin Cities Marathon. Congrats. But the thing that's really making me happy this week is all the people who were there um, to have 20 students handing out water and three of them run for half a mile with me so I'd get pumped up and go faster. Oh, wow. To have my father who drove around and took pictures of me and started me running and my wife who's 31 weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. And it's a pretty great life. It is. Thanks, and I hope you had a great week too. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Have a nice week. You have the best listeners. Yeah. Let's thank all the voices you've heard. Liz, Jason, Tom, Sabrina, another Liz, Diego, Mary-Kate, Amy on the Vespa. Send us some photos, actually. Like, that sounds awesome. Allison and Ben, congrats on the marathon and having that village around you for that. These are just great. We listen to all these that come in. We wish we had time to play all of them. But know that when you hit send on those emails, it lands in our inbox, and we do hear it. Thank you all for sharing those. If you want to share your best thing all week, you can do so at any point throughout the week. Record yourself. Send the file to samsanders at npr.org. Okay, Mama, we made it. We made it. (laughs) We did it. It's been a minute. This week was edited by Jeff Rogers and Steve Nelson. It was produced by Brent Bachman, who you know and love. And this week, we're so excited. We welcomed a new member to the IBAM family, (laughs) Anjali Sastry. So glad you're here. Welcome. All right, refresh your feed Tuesday morning for Max Reed talking all about Facebook and how it's just all in our lives, all the time, everywhere. Steven, Katie, thank you guys. Let's leave this booth. Thanks, listeners, for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon.